One, two, three, four, one. Traps with Fred and Julie. Traps with Fred and Julie. Traps. So men called Julie. Why Julie? Why is it Julie? Class. Traps. Welcome to Trapped with Fred and Julie. How are you, pet? Now, listen, we have to just signpost something from the top. I'm not, I'm not, we're separated, but not uh, through, through relationship, through work. Not legally speaking, but you're yeah, in exactly. Dublin, you're recording yeah. the Tommy Tiernan show. Yeah. He's and I like, am, I'm, I'm not lying, I really am. It wasn't my way out, I promise you, like, ask Tommy as well, I'm, I'm definitely, the show's happening now. Why is there a woman's dressing gown hand, <laughs> hanging from the back of that chair? You know me, I got my whiz. I got my... Uh, you do. My... The other thing I wanted to signpost, other than the fact that you are sitting in a hotel room in Dublin because you're recording the Tommy T show and I am in West Kerry with the cat and the baba. So Ted is actually here and it is the law of Murphy. It is the law of the land. The one time that Ted is not asleep for eight o'clock is to, it's it's happened it's tonight it's never happened in his four months on the planet he wants to be involved doesn't he he's just yeah. i have to say he is the best cracked head and uh, you know we do miss you of course we miss you but i do love a bit of ted and julie time well uh i guess what work you know what i mean like you seem to have any amount of ted and julie time at the moment what does that mean? Oh, because I'm not working. Ooh, shots no, fired. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Didn't mean it like that. Didn't mean it like that. Just at the moment, because you're spending so much time with him, unfortunately. Well, these two days anyway, and I'm away. But, but I love yeah. hanging out. Do you know what? I secretly love hanging out with them. And I, I said I'd say this confession till the podcast. But, you know, yesterday when you were leaving and we were all we were both doing the thing of, oh, we're so sad now. We're going to miss each other so much. Part of me, this has just been 100% honest, okay? Because this is our brand. Part of me was really looking forward to just getting some trash TV in. Yeah. Because, Fred, you can't watch television. I can watch television. I just can't watch trash TV. But I think you need to... What would you define as trash TV? Uh, the Circle, that show that you watch, uh, where they're all where they're all fake uh, internet characters and they're trying to win a competition. But did you the, actually uh, watch The Circle? You didn't, I watched, you say. Uh, I watched the English one. You met somebody in the RT canteen and they <laughs> whispered in your ear, buy the soups, because that's what, when we're in the RT canteen, let's face it, it's a rarity. But I know when I'm there, I'm like saying things like, can I just get some salad? Like we're all... We're all kind of, we're all fake characters in, RT, in the RT canteen, Fred, if we're honest. And somebody got in your ear and said the circle is trash. Well, it's not. That person is trash. There, I said it. No, no, no. It is trash. And your LA, LA Housewives, what, what you call it? How, how you, uh, what's the name of the program? LA Housewives? The Real Housewives. Real you Housewives, watch yeah. your mouth before Absolute you say trash. anything about my... No, it's not. It's But you see, what I want is, I want a bit of bubblegum. So you know why yeah, I'm all yeah. about the serious books? Ted yeah. is yawning. He's like, you better... Listen, guys, the podcast market is pretty saturated. You'd want to up your game here in terms of the content. Well said, Ted. Thank you. Now, I do love The Real Housewives. It's got conflict. It's got drama. It's just great, old crack. I need a bit of bubblegum because what I read is always so heavy. I just need a bit of trash TV to offset that. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because look, to be honest with you, I like Cobra Kai, and I think that's just as as silly and as trashy and as bubblegum as I kind of do. Yeah, yeah. You definitely get to turn off your head. Do you like Cobra Kai, or do you just like saying? To people in the RT canteen, you like Cobra Kai. Do you really like Cobra Kai? We've had to, let's be honest, we've had to force ourselves to watch the last couple of episodes. Am I no, right? You're right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe people are putting thoughts in my head uh, in the RT canteen. <laughs> <laughs> it's you're like right. it's like the next thing they'll be doing personality tests in the yeah. RT canteen. Do you remember the Scientologists used to do that on Midlabby Street? Yeah. You know, Carl Spain went in yeah. for the personality test. And I don't know what he said in the personality test, but they came back out to him and they were like, you're grand. You can head away there. He must have done his jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the leaving cert today. We thought that would be yeah. a good topic because it's always in the news. I mean, as countries go, we are obsessed in this country with the leaving cert, aren't we? Yeah, it is. It's such a, it feels like the be all and end all for students. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't. It's hard to realize that uh, there's life after the leaving cert. It just encompasses your whole life prior to that. You know? Well, tell me, because you did your leaving cert twice. I, because I found this so funny. So you went to boarding school, St. Oh, Pat's, and you were doing. You were telling me that you did supervised study every day for five years, and that you didn't do a tap. Like, what were you doing <laughs> with all that time? I know. Yeah, I should. I should be a doctor right now. I should be a barrister. I should be. I should be like uh, an astronaut because I had time to work out as well. Like the thing is, like <laughs> honest to God, like. <laughs> do you have to be hours. physically fit to be an astronaut? Yeah, you do. Yeah. I suppose that well, makes sense. With the new Apollo project, uh, the whole idea about it was is that uh, uh, when launching the space, is that you don't have to be physically fit, and if that, and if they can achieve that, well, then they can allow uh, people like us into space. What do you mean people thing. like us? People Just like us who aren't, who can like, like, like sit in a plane and go from one place to another. That's what the whole Look, uh, process is. Just because we got approached by Operation Transformation this week, it doesn't mean, <laughs> okay, it doesn't mean that we're, <laughs> that we're completely out of the game. I'd like to think a week off the bridge, the figure could be back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, you have me in a danger zone here. Cause, I uh, know, say, you're starting uh, to sweat. Exactly, yeah. Ironically, I'm losing weight. <laughs> so, no, well, but come here. Tell me though, so you did your first leaving search, you did in St. Pat's and Cavan. Shout Saint out Patrick's to your homies. College and Cavan. And uh, it was, I was surrounded by men and boys for five years. And the only women I had visual uh, contact with who I spoke to was a nun and two religion teachers. Tell me though, because I love, I just love thinking of little Freddie Cook back in the day. Did you love school? I hated it. Absolutely oh, but hated it. I don't it. think you yeah. did, Pet, because then you talk about it with such grow, with such affection. Well, I guess, I, yeah, but in grow for youth, uh, but uh, like it's so much, there's so much pressure. I wasn't that uh, academically minded. I was no good at uh, deadlines are having to learn stuff. My attention span was literally out the window. So, uh, you know, it just didn't suit me. Like, as you says, in a boarding school, we studied for three hours uh, every night. 
Monday to Thursday, and then if we were in for weekends, it was five hours on a Saturday and four hours on a Sunday. Like, what What did I do all that time just sitting there? I was just... But you tell me you used to be going in with no homework and stuff. I mean, how was that possible? You've literally been sitting in a hall for three hours. Yeah, yeah. One night in that study hall, and I'll never forget it, it was a winter's night like tonight, and there's around 200, maybe 250 boarders sitting in the same direction looking uh, like... We had to sit there anyway. If you weren't studying, you just had to sit in the, in the same direction as everyone else. And we had a supervisor who was, uh, who was I remember at the time, I won't give his name, right? But he's a, he's a lovely priest. Let's give and him a fake name. Father. Father. Father uh, Nice. Father, yeah, Father Sound, because he was sound, absolutely sound. And then, right, and then the, uh, this guy came in who, who was also a priest. And at the time, he was in charge of the maintenance the maintenance in the school. So it wasn't, uh, so if, if a light went or the toilets need to be done, he'd make phone calls and he'd get the school fixed. And he came into us one winter's night. Now, you know these boarding schools, they're, they're always like a kilometre and a half away. Uh, they're surrounded by trees, you know what I mean? If the lights go out, you can't see anything. It's pure black, pure dark. So this guy in charge of maintenance came into us in the study hall and he goes, okay, we're working on the fuse board, the main fuse board in the school. So for a period of one minute, maybe one and a half minutes, there's going to be no electricity in the building, which means the lights are going to go off uh, for, for a minute and a half. And then he walked away. He left the hall. And us knowing that the place is going to go black with 250 lads looking in the same direction, first years up to fifth years, and, uh, and father sound looking after us. And I tell you, Julie, when those lights went out for a minute and a half, it was survival of the fittest. <laughs> it was chaos. I've was never like, witnessed. Was it so like much... Lord of the Flies? Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was a chaos. There was a great freedom in it. There was guys... Uh, who used to smoke and I never forget some lads who were on top of their desk jumping up and down with their lighters in the air and then there was other guys who were who were putting other lads in headlocks for no reason what were no you reason. doing I was laughing I just couldn't stop laughing I was just like what in the name of God is going on in this farm of chaos? But you see, it's just when you're bored, you just go a bit stir crazy in those situations. Exactly, yeah. And when the lights came on, when the lights came on uh, a minute and a half later, it was <laughs> just lads with their tops off. And, uh, and uh, you know, lads who are just, you got, you got, you know, or in headlocks or like might have got a friendly punch to the side of the shoulder. And then everyone just returned to their seats. And sat back down, and, and nothing was really said of it. But after that, like that's the Irish way. We just pretend nothing happened. Everyone puts their top back on. Nobody talks about it ever yeah, again. Yeah. Mm. Except maybe twenty years later, to either a counselor or um, on a podcast. That's when they're going to discuss it again. But you had no problem with study. Like you just always got your homework done, and you got everything right. Did you have well? A- time put aside to study or did you just go in and get stuff done well i guess um you know me now we're kind of i suppose we're kind of opposites when it comes to this aren't we like i'm very much like just get it done when i was in college my nickname not to brag but my nickname was the examinator so as you can imagine i was getting the shift left right and center so i wouldn't be seen for the whole term so generally i would because i was connell in trinity it's when connell I was in paul Meskell. 
Yeah. So I went off to do this course and quickly realized I had absolutely nothing in common with the English TOFs in my class. Now, I don't know, can we say TOF? Is it an okay word to say? I'm not sure. Like, they were very nice people, but I had nothing in common with these people. Absolutely nothing. They were all there because they didn't get into Oxford and Cambridge and Trinity was third on the list. So I would basically spend the entire term working in a call centre or a music shop in Dingle. And then I'd rock up a week before the exam and I do the exams and then I would just drag my disgruntled arse into the next year. And so it went on until I got my degree. You were told, I remember in fifth class, the teacher said to us, now next year you've got your entrance exam. And if you want to get into the good classes, so then you can get the good teachers, so then you can get the good results. So then you can get good jobs in college. This was fifth class. That's where it starts. And you know what? It does start in primary school because I had a twin brother who wasn't particularly academic. And I can remember, say I was on the circle table. Now, listen, you didn't have to be at the circle table to work out what the code for a circle table actually meant. (laughs) Because the circle table will say they would be the people getting 10 out of 10 in the spellings. Oh, yeah. So... They would say, the teacher would say, okay, if anyone at the circle table's finished, maybe they could help the triangle table. <laughs> and invariably, the triangle table, like somebody was getting stabbed with a compass, somebody else was hiding onto the table, someone else was, you know, regurgitating onto the table and saying his imaginary friend had gotten sick. Like there were just, there were a lot of characters at the triangle table, but one of them would be my brother. So I would go down and attempt to help out and be like, oh, what you have? Fuck off. And like the teacher would be trying to get involved in this like yeah. dysfunctional family dynamic. I think even if I hadn't found comedy, I would have found it hard to continue teaching because I think there's so many teachers who really, really, really want to do right by their students and the system is effectively a murder machine. It is. Yeah. It's a murder machine. Like, look at you. You're so creative. You're so intelligent. And it just didn't suit you. Well, well, look, but that's the thing. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that in fifth class. And I didn't know that when, you know, I got streamed in, in, in secondary school. I really thought, oh, my God, I'm in one of these classes now. Which, and you know what? It was the best crack I was ever. I was going to say, had. what? so how many streams were in your, were in your year? We had, we had, it went like this. It went top. Class, second top, middle, second bottom, and bottom. So uh, I was second bottom, and uh, second bottom for four years. My because baby. it weren't streamed in first year. And, uh, and in that, after the junior search, some people moved up uh, to middle, uh, and then some people went down to bottom. And I was just like, I actually went into the career guidance teacher after my junior search results and said, do not send me down to bottom. I do not want to go at the bottom. I'll get I get killed. Think, you know I'll what? actually get killed. And he looked at me in the eyes. He goes, Don't worry, Fred. You can stay where you are. But if I didn't go into him, I think I might have been sent down to bottom. I said, Look, just leave me where I'm at. I'm grand. Yeah. But you see, you were such a likable guy. But you know, that's what all my parent teacher meetings were. He is I'm sure that Fred. the teachers must have loved you. I would have loved you as a student. I would have loved you as a teacher. Oh, oh that's how it starts. Why oh, did sorry. you have to take it to that Emmanuel Macron <laughs> yeah, level? Yeah, but, I told but, you, no references to Emmanuel Macron. 
She's, but his part, Emmanuel's partner is 15 years older than, not that it matters. Yeah, because not she that, was, why, why, because she was his drama teacher. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, sorry, this is when France tunes out, but I mean, only in France. Am I right? But you know the way to get into college, all you need to do is pass Irish. You just need a D and pass. And uh, then you're fine. That's all they want. This is in all the universities. You still need to get the point. Okay, is that it? Because I don't know, because I was a big Irish head. So it's not something I would have been concerning myself with. But you have to get the pass. But you yeah. like Irish. Oh, uh, no, I didn't really. I didn't really. I've, I've kind of have a new Crawford now, now that I'm uh, down the west with you. Like, and I see people talking Irish all the time. I've kind of been more immersed in it than, uh, than, than the school. So I might get back into it again. But repeating the leaving cert, I realized two months into doing Irish the second time around, uh, my friend Michael Wilcox, who's also repeating with me, says, look, you got Irish last year. You don't need to do it. If you pass it the first time around, you actually don't need to do it the second year. And uh, so I didn't go to Irish class for like three months. Uh, I went to the canteen when Irish class was on. And the what Irish is it with teacher... you in canteens? You're always hanging out, in, whether it's the <laughs> convent canteen or RT canteen. Go on. The Irish teacher came up to me three months later and she goes, I know what you're at. She <laughs> thought it was Mitchin. She thought it was Mitchin. She gave out to me. She goes, you're going to get suspended. And I said to her, I don't need Irish. I passed it last year. And then she went, okay. <laughs> and that was it. I had this bunch for Irish and I had them for the junior search. And I'd say they were raging because it would have been two years ago. So last year, of course, like the junior search wasn't happening. So thank God that I actually got them to the junior cert because it was blood, sweat and tears. I had them for the three years. And I was actually, I was very fond of them, but they did have my heart broken by the end of it but I was I was actually strangely very very fond of them as a group but I'll never forget uh, <laughs> I'll never forget one of my last classes with them I uh, found them they were mitching in another classroom seven of them I was like talk about world's worst criminals like if you're gonna go on the mitch leave the school <laughs> and what, what was happening in the other class you're still Art. in school no they just found an empty classroom and they were just standing in there <laughs> I was like what are you doing nothing well you can do nothing in your Irish class <laughs> which is what usually goes on but no that does that that, that always makes me laugh the old Mitchers like if you're gonna Mitch you need to go big like go big or go home well do you know I was funny for me because when I Mitched in boarding school uh I was like I just I just stayed in my bed you rarely get that opportunity do you know what I mean I I I, uh, I remember one day at maths it was a Thursday first class was maths and I had no homework done I was listening, listening to What's the Story Born in Glory, and I loved it so much, I went, feck this, I'm going to stay in bed and listen to this, and just walk down for English, second class. And so you just stay in bed, but there was nobody looking for you. Well, that's the thing. No, no. But you wouldn't want to create this a pattern. This is just the worst sporting school ever. <laughs> I love that bit about you got on so well with the priests in your school that you used to follow them into the staff oh, room. Yeah. No, there was one guy, and I won't give his name as well, but I'll just say he was mad into handball, and he promoted handball, so I call him Father Handball. Father Handball, handball. yeah. Yeah, and that, that sounds like some uh, sexual connotation. It's not. It's a sport, handball, right? And, uh, <laughs> right? and he was sound. He was a bit two-faced at times. Do you know what I mean? Like, he really was. But, uh, but some days uh, I was... No, it wasn't him. It was this other guy. It was this guy who was a lovely guy. His name is Father Donahue, and he was in charge of us. He was in charge of the borders. 
and like he was a young man himself. Like, what a responsibility to give a 25-year-old man, a 26-year-old man, that you have to look after students at the most important time of their life. You know what I mean? And he's in charge of us. It was crazy. You know what I mean? We're lucky he was a nice guy. And I remember one time I was walking down the corridor with him while, while school was on, and I was having such a laugh with him. Like, you'd forget he's a priest. You'd forget he's in charge of you. You know, you'd forget he's your teacher. Some, some teachers managed to break that mold, and you'd have great crack with him. And when school was on, like, you know, you'd be having a laugh with him as well. Like, so you'd kind of forget it's inside school hours. And I was walking along the corridor with him. And then he went into the canteen where all the teachers are. And I went in beside him. And I sat down beside him with all the teachers. And uh, I, I ate one of the biscuits on the table. I ate one of the biscuits. And then Father Handball came up to me and goes, Fred, what are you doing here? And I only realized I shouldn't be here in the staff room. What am I doing here? And it's only because Father Donahue was so sound that uh, I walked in and uh, I went into the I went into the teacher's canteen not realizing I shouldn't be there. So, but when I did my Irish oral, and I know I've used this on stage a few times, but uh, so you, you, if you've seen me live, you've heard me do it, do this, right? But I always say the Irish oral is not what it sounds like. But I made that mistake the first year round, right? So, uh, but what I did, I went into the Irish oral in 1997 the lady asked me uh, the examiner she goes to me how much money do i make a week now the only amount of money i could say was 300 pound three kid punt and do you remember do you know where i got that story do you remember the the story is lots of e from joriok do you remember joriok oh, remember yes. that story yeah 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 from the book is lots of e you would have, you would have thought that and it was it was about this lady who worked in the simon community and uh she was in a wheelchair and she got £300 compensation in the 1960s. The story was written in the 1960s. So £300 in the 1960s was a lot of money, right? Now, £300 for a 17-year-old student in Calvin in 1997 was a suspicious amount of money, right? So the examiner asked me, how much money do I make a week? And I actually said to her, three kid punt, 300 quid. And she was so taken by it, she turned off the recorder and she looks at me and she goes, what in the God are you doing making 300 quid a week? She thought it was some sort of a drug dealer. <laughs> and then I'm so shit at Irish. The recorder goes back on. And at this age, she's calling me three kid punt. No messing. She goes, okay, three kid punt. What do you spend 300 quid a week on? And the only thing I can say there and then was Milchon. <laughs> I told her I spent 300 quid a week on sweets. Oh, listen, I've had, I've had worse, I've had worse um, answers than that in having done the Irish Orals. One time this guy told me his mother was sexy in Irish. <laughs> I was like, what? But she probably was. She probably was like, you know, you probably heard it from his mates. Yeah, no, people say mad stuff. Like, I remember a mate of mine. Now, this, of course, is going back like 2001. I did my name and but she, you know, the way you end up down a rabbit hole, like the whole thing with an Irish conversation yeah. is that you've memorized one conversation, and God forbid that person, that examiner, <laughs> should deviate from that one conversation. So, I had this mate who brought up her devs. And then the guy who was giving us the exam, the examiner, asked her, did she have a day for the Debs? Which, let's face it, is kind of, you know, you're on dangerous territory there. But obviously, he was just trying to joke. So then she said no. And he said, oh, what are you going to do? And she said, could I take you? Like, I mean, you don't say that to your Neven Search examiner. That's amazing. And what did she say? No, Neil. uh, Neil Issagum. I don't know. I don't know how it ended, to be honest. But Fred, you have good Irish 
I don't. Were you, don't. Ever, were you ever in give the Grail Talks? I did, yeah. I went, I went to the Grail Talks for, uh, for two nights down the road what? for me. And it, yeah, how I went can to you Grail. do a course for two nights? Well, this is how it happened. And they still do it. You know, you know Rathcarn, right? So it's in Meath. So, it's, uh, so you'll have lads in Meath who are all fluent in Irish and uh, with Meath accents. You know, Constatato. Oh, very good. You know, uh, uh, if, uh, if, uh, Paddy is an dumb. You know, that kind of accent. They're kind of drawn out. Funny. And, uh, and it comes from, do you know when, uh, maybe it was over 100 years ago, with the uh, dispersing agriculture and loads of people from Galway were sent to Meath. Uh, and that's how that's why they speak Irish in Meath. That's where it comes from. And uh, that's where the Grail Talk started. And oh, I know. I, yeah, they were given good land. They were like, exactly, listen, yeah. okay, they, they came along and um, and the people of West Kerry, I think, went to Carlo and um, Mayo Maybe. Galway, they went to Meath. So they were like, do you want the language? We're like, okay, guys. And they probably gave an obligatory deal leave. But do you want the good news or the bad news? And the people were like, the good news. And then they said, we have land for you. And everyone said, yay. And then the land commission said, but it's in Mead. And everyone said, oh. No, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> they were like, they were, they were there and Conor Mark going, oh, Rocky Mitch, got in on me. Hey. So you went to Rathcarn for two nights, which yeah. is unheard of. And this is this is the absolute truth. You won't, you wouldn't believe it, but you have to believe me when I say this. The reason why there's a guy in charge of the Grail Talk in Rathcarn, Breen was his name. He's a lovely man. I only met him a few times. He's passed away since. And uh, he used to go to Kell's swimming pool uh, once a week where my mom worked. Why does everything come back to Kell's swimming pool? Honestly, what, everyone you know. Every yeah. shift you had, everything comes back to Kel's swimming pool. I wouldn't say every shift I've had. <laughs> no, definitely. Every former flame. I up. met her in Kel's swimming pool. How do was, you know that man? I he used to work in Kel's swimming pool. I mean, how many people were how many people were employed by this swimming pool? Surely this must have been the most impressive swimming pool in Ireland. It actually is. Through history, there's an amazing history of the amount of people who've gone through that. That pool's been open for 40 years, 43 years now at this stage, I'd say. And the amount of people who've gone through it. So, but my mom worked there. She worked there for over, like, nearly nearly 35 years. So, I was brought up in the swimming pool. Like, I used to think mom was bringing me to the baby. Uh, I used to think mom was bringing me to the pool every day of the week. But it turns out it was, like, kind of, she had to look after me. So, that's why I was there. And uh, so, so, I just smelled the chlorine all the time. I was walking around primary school smelling the chlorine. And uh, had wrinkly hands. You know the way you know when you come out of a pool and oh your fingers God. are wrinkly. I was constantly wrinkly. Like I fell asleep in the baby pool. No, that's not <laughs> neglect. That's pure neglect. That's the truth. One of the lifeguards was looking at me, and there I was sitting in the middle of the pool, asleep, sitting up like Ted does. You know the way Ted, <laughs> our son, he's four months. He's four months now, and he's getting enough back strength to sit up. I was like that, only asleep in the pool. I was only out of the womb, and I was asleep in the baby pool. Now that is neglect. Come here, now I understand why you were called Chlorine Kid. I Chlorine was wondering. Kid. So the head of the Grail talked in Rathcarn and County Mean, County Mead, Brian, right? He'd come into the pool on a Thursday night, right? Maybe on a Thursday to do the, the Masters, the late night swims with the adults. And uh, I always to, think that sounds so saucy, doesn't it? I'm off for a late night swim. Yeah. Adults only. It's all a bit, bit REM like, night swimming, isn't it? It sounds like a Channel 5 soft porn from the 90s. Oh, sounds so English, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, go on. Anyway, so 
He writes. Green's getting his snow on. Mary has a Mary has a child smelling of smelling of chlorine that she's looking to get rid of for a couple of days. You need to go ahead. It's a meeting of the minds. You need to go ahead 18 years now. I'm doing the leaving search. And Breen comes into the swimming pool. Now, mom knows. Mom's not nosy, but she chats to people and she finds out he's in charge of the quail talk. So he asks, he says to my mom, he goes, I tell you what, if your son's doing the leaving cert Irish, why don't you bring him to the quail talk for two nights? Any weekend, whatever weekend you want, just bring him, put him in the car and drive to Rathcarn and we look after him from there. So I'll never forget this. It was a Friday. Now, mom didn't ask who else was going to the quail talk. Like, if there's no one from Kells, no one from my hometown. And there was, at least there was a familiarity with people that you'd know when you arrived there. I had none of that. I, arrived, I was in the passenger seat. We drove to Rathcarn, and there was these two busloads of women who arrived on a Friday. Two busloads of women from Temple Oak School, right? Do you know the Temple Oak all-girls school uh, on the top of the hill, right? They arrived, two busloads of women. And I said, Mom, I can't. I'm the only guy here. This is so unfair. And mom says, get out of the car. What? I can't get out of the car. It's so, I'm, I'm a teenager. I'm embarrassed. Do you know what I mean? I feel a bit vulnerable here. I, I can barely talk to women. Mom goes, get out, get out of the car and learn some Irish. So I get out of the car. She drives off. And I'm left for two days with two busloads of women, right? So I didn't learn a word of Irish. But is this the place? Didn't you go in and the first thing you said was Slant, yeah. the family you were staying with? And then when you were going to bed, you said Iha Hauna to them. Yeah, they do a trip away, right, on the Saturday. The trip away, uh, sure, which is kind of... You were only there for two nights. What are you talking about? I know. Trip, well, Friday, Friday night, Friday night and Saturday <laughs> night, we left on Sunday. And on Saturday, we went to Navin Shopping Centre. <laughs> you were there for one night. We went to Navin Shopping Centre. You were there Center. for one night. And you, Two nights. What do you mean, a day away? <laughs> I swear to God, on Saturday. You were there for one night. No, we were there for two Friday night and Saturday night. But what I'm saying is that, like, you were there. You were there. We arrived on Friday and we went home on Sunday. (laughs) And I learned learned no Irish. (laughs) You had a school trip in the middle. Yeah, on the Saturday. We had our trip. We had our trip. with the Gwail talk, we had they sent us to Navin <laughs> Shopping Centre for a few hours. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was so lazy, like it had nothing to do with Irish. They just sent us away and walked around, and like I was broke, and I was walking around Navin Shopping Centre. Now I know, like Tommy talks about this, but nineties uh, Navin, uh, uh, the way the shopping centre worked, and it still kind of works like that, is that you walk in a circle. There's a ring, right? So you kind of you keep going round and round, and whatever shop you see is the one you go into. So I was walking through Navin Shopping Centre with around 50 women and myself, 50 women from Temple Oak and me walking around out, hoping that, uh, you know, I'd bump into someone from my hometown because I'd look quite the legend, you know, with all these ladies uh, walking around. And no one, I recognize no one. I even rang friends of mine from Kells uh, on the cash fund and said, lads, get down to Navin because I swear to God, I'm surrounded by the most beautiful women uh, and it won't happen again. And I know them all. And... Uh, and then we all went back in the bus and we went back to the, uh, we went back to the Gwail Talk in Rathcarn that night. And the bungalow I was, the, the bungalow I was staying in with, the, with this family, uh, I had my own room, obviously, but I got a, got a knock on the door from one of the girls. Here, come on in and hang out with us in the room like they're having a slumber party. So I was sitting in my jocks and T-shirt uh, 
with, with, with 10 women around me from Temple Oak going, I couldn't write this. I actually couldn't write this. And I, I, they I don't must know have loved you. They must have loved you, did they? Uh, they were awful nice, but they were very uh, careful around me because I was so shy and nervous. I was, I was shy and nervous around women anyway. And if I didn't know them, like there wasn't a hope in hell I was going but, to lose them. But up. I will say that's very intimidating to be on your own with just that many members of the opposite sex. And was this before you'd, but you repeated your leading search? No, this is the first time around. Because I was going to say, when you repeated your name search, you were in the convent with all the women, so you would have been kind of better equipped, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you go, that's the, you know, a kind of, I had the same kind of experience again, like, because when I repeated leaving certain Kells, uh, it was uh, to take in five guys, around five guys every year. Uh, they still do. So it was five guys and 700 girls. Uh, so it was, so to go from an old boys boarding school, of 500 men and two women, as I said, the religion teacher and the nun, uh, to, a, to an all-girls school the next year, where it's my best mates, two of my best mates and myself. I, n- I never had a year like it. And of course, this has been a great year. You know, I got engaged. Uh, we've, had a, we've had a child. But I'm sorry, it was an unbelievable year. <laughs> still was, a better year repeating the leave insert. Really, that was still the number one. No, I think... <laughs> No, that makes sense. I can imagine you just flourishing in a convent environment. Well, do you know, it, it educated me. It, it showed me decency. And I'm not saying St. Pat's was... Uh, I'm not saying that there was no decency in the place, but uh, it was kind of... There was a claustrophobic unhealthiness of loads of lads hanging out together trying to prove what, what men we were. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it's, so to leave that... And to uh, to arrive into loads of women, like you know, I I kind of uh, learned a lot about integrity and how to hold myself in crowds, and because it's one thing acting the Egypt in front of men and uh, loads of lads, but you've nothing to prove. But put a lad in front of women, like you don't want to be the Egypt. You know what I mean? You kind of want to uh, you want to come out. Uh, like I didn't care what happened to me in St. Pat's, you know what I mean? If people laughed at me or whatever happened. It was, it was only when I repeated in, in, in Kells that I learned that, uh, you know, you can, you can have fun, but still be decent and nice. Do you know, and it's probably the best way to go mm. around it. Did you find, because people often say that girls' schools are bitchy. I've never taught in a girls' school. Oh, we did teach in one girls' school um, in Cork. That was school crack, actually. Shout out to St. Patrick's College. And um, that was years ago. But did you find it kind of bitchy in the school? Well, the thing is, I, I think a lot of female bitchiness, uh, it's kind of, it's very, at times it's very subtle. It's uh, kind of insidious. Pass- Absolutely. It's a passive aggressive statement. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's cutting sarcasm of saying something by saying something else. And uh, when I was 19, I never picked up on that kind of stuff. Yeah. I never, and even in college, I never picked up on it. It was only when people told me about the comedians uh, when I graduated. And, oh, yeah, that's what they're at. That's what they're at. So there's always that Tell kind of me, innocence. Did you get the shift when you were in the convent? Uh, no, I didn't. But I, I went out with one of the girls that summer after. Okay, so you kind of did get the shift after. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, I did. Yeah, I did. But, you know, you don't want to be... You don't want to be, you're in the school every day. So you don't want to be, uh, as they say, pissing on your chips. So I would say, sorry for the cruel <laughs> metaphor. Pissing on your chips. Yeah. You got these <laughs> chips and you want to eat them. But if you piss on them. Do you not know I mean, well, I know the phrase shitting on your own doorstep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's like, is your... that pissing on your chips? Yeah, like shitting on your own doorsteps doesn't make sense as a metaphor. No, it does, because the whole idea is that if you need to do an if or do, or as I suggested, do you remember when I said that? It was so funny. I said an if or poo. Oh, yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> I said an if or poo instead of an if or do. But um, if you want to do an if or poo and you need to do a poo, you're not gonna you're not gonna poo in your own doorstep because you're the person who has to deal with that. You're ultimately messing things up for yourself. You're gonna poo on someone else's doorstep if you have to do an ever poo. P.S. Yeah. Don't poo on other people's doorsteps. But the whole thing is that you're the one who's gonna have to clean up the mess. Yeah, but it's still uh, pissing see, on your chips. Pissing on your chips is better because shitting on your doorstep is uh, means that if that's your only house, if that's your only door that's involved. That it, like you know you can walk around that you can walk walk around that poo you can walk around it but you can't you can't get rid of the piss in your chips so pissing on your chips is is a better metaphor anyway all I'm trying to say is I didn't shift anyone that year because because I didn't uh, I didn't want to uh, piss on my chips you know just keep everything keep everything happy Fred darling it's been an absolute pleasure okay, oh look he's just starting oh, to cry it's Beautiful time diamond. to wrap it up. That's Ted telling everyone it's done. It's over. Okay, bye, Fred, my love. Okay, goodbye, family. I'll bye. see you tomorrow. Love you. Bye.